I'm going to worship for 30 minutes. And then I was like, okay, what are you fighting about? And then they don't even know what they're fighting about. <laughs> That's why worship is so important. We are called to worship the almighty God through the son, Jesus Christ, because we've been given the Holy Spirit and the spirit worships through us. And you know what? When you start worshiping, it just starts throwing off everything. And, and you, when you're done, you're like, hey, how many people have ever gone to bed angry and they woke up and they totally forgot about what they were angry about? See, that's like what worship does. <laughs> it puts you in a rest. It shakes off all the enemy's thoughts. And then you feel relaxed. You know what I mean? So we never enter in in the ministry to any teaching until we have worshiped. Because worship establishes our heart. It settles our mind. It prepares our ears to hear. And it prepares our eyes to see the truth that he wants to teach us this evening. So I just praise God and I thank him and I honor the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because only through them are we able to even exist, grow, love, and receive the fullness of love, joy, peace, and happiness and all the things we want. You know what I mean? And, but yet we are on this earth to grow up in him. So we all are in a place of where we're growing up. I love this chart. I call this the journey of faith chart because it's so awesome. We start as a lost person with a spirit that's void of the spirit. We accept Christ in our heart. And usually we think that's it. But then when we learn we actually have to work out a salvation, that's like, that's not like what we thought it was. You know, we think that Christ is in me. I'm going to be happy and joyful and this is going to be great. No, but we got to work out our salvation one step at a time. And then we move from glory to glory. That means who lives in us? Jesus, the Holy Spirit, right? The Father wants to dwell in us, right? And Jesus is our hope of glory. He is our hope of glory. So he wants to take us from glory to glory, which means he wants us to experience different realms of glory as we journey in faith through our life. So we start at one place, right? When we get born again, now we got to work it out. Now he wants to show us an experience. You know, we can't grow without experiences and acknowledging the glory of God because the glory of God is his son, Jesus Christ, who came to show us the way, the truth, and the life. There's no life without him. So tonight, this is going to be equipping the saints teaching night. So everybody got paper? Because we're going to put out some scripture and some understanding. Tonight, I'm going to teach on this vision right here. It's called the kingdom. The, the kids are so excited about this. <laughs> they are excited. In fact, I'm going to move this over here for a little bit, and then I'll move it back. All right. If I gave this to a, in a postcard and I gave it to everybody, could anybody teach this? Can anybody, could everybody take that out and teach it to somebody? No. Okay. Well, great. This is good because tonight I'm going to teach you a simple outline of this. And then you need to tell me where you're at on it. So while you're hearing the word and while I'm going to teach you this vision, we call this vision the crown of authority because the most important thing is we start here. We're standing right here. And if we're saved and have the Holy Spirit in us, we're full of the Holy Spirit. That is a power that dwells within us. It's a treasure that God wants to flourish out of us. 
And he's going to push us along through a path, a straight path, because he wants to get us into what? Kingdom life. He wants everybody in here to grow in a Christ mindset to think kingdom. All through Matthew, Jesus taught about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He talked about the kingdom. He even said the Father's kingdom. So we all want to enter into the kingdom mindset. We want to understand how are we supposed to be living heaven on earth? And that's what we're going to learn here tonight. And I love this, how the Lord gave me this order. I want to start off with a quick little story. Give me Matthew 20, verse 20. I'm going to read this. And this is this blocking. This doesn't block anybody. Everybody's okay. Can everybody see? Okay. I just want to start off with this because it really starts off the vantage point of this vision. It says, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him, Jesus, with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. Next verse. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand, one on your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. Everybody say, we are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. And when the 10 heard it, they were greatly displeased. These are the disciples with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, he gathered them because he taught his disciples. He said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Next verse. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Now, this is a beautiful vision because what is it shaped like? It's the cup. Isn't it beautiful? You know, when I came into this ministry and I started growing and I started worshiping, I started, and I never opened the Bible until nine years ago. And I was just, I was just growing. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I said, Lord, I just started crying because I felt so alone. How many times do we feel so alone? Do you know what I'm saying? When God calls you into his kingdom, he's going to pair some things off of your life because he's pairing you into being a servant. He is pairing you into being a, a slave of freedom for him, but not of your own life anymore. So when I woke up in the middle of the night, I am crying. And Meredith Andrews was playing my iPod started playing this song saying, you're not alone. And I started crying because I felt so alone through these changes. I felt nobody could understand what I was going through. And then all of a sudden, Jesus was right there in front of me. And as he was pulling towards me, I didn't even have to ask the question. He already knew I wanted to know 
What was my purpose? And he said to me, I have called you. Your purpose is to help my people claim the cup. And I was like, the cup? What cup? I mean, I spoke this out loud. People? What people? Do you know what I mean? I didn't even know he had his people. And it was amazing because he disappeared just as fast as he came. But yet I heard the words very clearly. So I didn't know what the cup was. I walk into this door and bam, I saw this vision. And I was like, hey, this has got to be the cup. This is the cup. All right. And then when the Lord showed me Matthew 20, he said, hey, if you're going to follow me, the disciples, he taught his disciples, you're going to have to drink from the same cup. What he is saying is there is a process you have to go through that's just like me. You're going to have to learn how to become a servant. You're going to have to learn how to become a slave, but be free in it. It is so amazing. So tonight, we're going to walk through this, and everybody's going to tell me, where are you in claiming your cup in Christ Jesus? Everybody in here is to claim the cup in Christ Jesus. And that means when you claim that cup, when you hold a cup, you hold it right at its what? Neck. And when you hold that cup, there is a crown of authority that descends upon you that the devil sees. I may not see it. You may not see it. But you can walk into a room and the devils that are in that room can see it. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine getting to a point in your life where you have broken free, but yet you're a slave in Christ? Come on, there's a beauty in this. You have to give up your own life to gain life so that means what did christ teach us we have to die at the what we got to die at the cross we have to live in this ministry we teach people how to live death that doesn't sound exciting at first burial and then what resurrection christ came to uh, for us to teach about the resurrected christ and that's great but if we don't know that we have to die and Things be buried in our life for us so we can what? Claim that kingdom life. Come on, how many people want to have? When, hey, you see at weddings, the bride and groom got the best goblets, right? Because they're the, they're the queen and the king of the room for that time. Well, when we're in Christ, we, we, we can claim this cup. We can claim his salvation, our salvation. So it's awesome. Isn't that awesome? I praise God. Give me verse. James 1.12. I like this. We're going to learn how to, how to go through this experience. Because the Lord taught us, how do you know someone's claimed their cup? He's already given us the two main commandments. We're to love only what? God Almighty with our whole what? Heart, our whole soul, our whole mind, our whole strength, our whole body. We actually give our body up as a living sacrifice and say, God, what do you want to do with me today? But then he says to love one another as I have loved you. So everybody's got to go through this process because we don't know how to love. We, we, we only know the natural things of this world. And God does not want us to conform to this world. He wants us to be transformed into a Christ mindset. If you are transformed, you are actually living in the kingdom life, which is in a large place 
which that means every promise that's in the Bible can be yours. Now, today, salvation is now. Faith is now. And God wants everybody to claim the cup. But, God didn't, but the Lord did not teach us that it was completely easy because he said you would have to become a servant and a slave. So we're going to break this down. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. To those who love him. To those who love him, you will become a servant. To those who love him, you will understand what it means to be a slave. To those who love him, you will enter into the kingdom if you can learn these things. Because Jesus came and showed us the way. He showed it in a way of truth that when we hear it, when we hear the truth of the word, don't we just go, or we put our hands, feeble hands down, the word says. You know, he says, don't stay low for long because just do be obedient to the word. We have to be obedient to his word. So the Lord has promised this to us. He has promised us an enlarged place. He has promised us the hope of his glory through Christ Jesus. Give me Philippians 3.14. This is so awesome. Philippians 3.14 says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. When we are called into the kingdom, that means immediately you're established. But it sure doesn't feel like it, does it? We have to know that we are called to press towards the goal of the prize. What is the prize? Wearing the crown of authority of life. What is the prize? To enter into an enlarged place. So he wants us to know we have to press towards this goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus claimed he took that cup. He died, he was buried, and he was what? Resurrected. Jesus already showed us the way, so that means we can't mess up. We can't mess up. If we want that call, do you know you can pass it by? You can sit and stay in the first position, the born-again position, and you can accept Christ in your heart, and you can sit the rest of your life and go to work, come home, pay your bills, and do everything that, you know, raise your kids. But wouldn't it be cool to look to the upward call of why you were created on the earth? Amen. And to know, don't you want to know what your purpose is? Yeah. Once I knew that my purpose was to help his people claim the cup, even though he didn't show me what that was, and I came in, I saw the cup, I started studying all the verses on that. And then I started asking, well, who are your people? And he says, my, my people are the ones who choose me. You have, to be cho you have to choose him. He's there for everybody. Man, he doesn't want to spare one soul. But you've got to be the one to choose it. I'm telling you, you thought, hey, it's all good to be saved. But when you start to choose the upward call of God in your life, hey, how many people have you met? Oh, he's got a calling. She's got a calling. <gasps> they must be so special. They have a calling. Guess what? Everybody's got a calling. It's, it's an appointed moment when we come face to face with it. And let me tell you something. It's a battle of the mind. 
because you want to step towards it, then you want to step back. You want to step towards it, and you want to step back because you have to ask yourself, can I be a servant in Jesus Christ? Can I really be a slave? And you know what? Remember, a slave doesn't decide what it does. That's why we're a slave to Christ. We don't get to decide. He shows it to us. We just, what? Do it. Okay? And he does it. So we have to grow in this. This is what's so awesome. We want to grow up in this. Give me verse. Give me this verse. Give me Luke 9, 26. So how many people, raise your hand if you want the upward call. You want, to go, you want the call of God on your life. You want to get to that place where you are living a kingdom mindset. It says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed. The wrong one. But that is a good, I'll still read it. But the man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. Okay, if this doesn't scare you, <laughs> we, we, we want to know who he is. We want to know what our call is. Give me Luke, I'm sorry, 962. All right, when you say yes to the call and you start, it's like a starting line right here. You are on a starting line. He tells us, I love this. Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the what? Plow. And looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Okay, so that means when you actually make an agreement to this, you have to put what? Both hands. But you can't let go and keep looking what? Back. I know someone who had a dream. This is so cute. And they were growing in this. And they saw a wolf in the dream. And the wolf came towards her. But she had a knife and she went like that to the wolf and said, hey, look, I like you, but stay right there because I could kill you. Now, I want you to, uh, you know what that means? That means one hand was on the knife and the other hand was free to still communicate with the old way of life. See, the dream was so, was so prophetic for this person because this person had not given up their old life yet. But yet God was saying, you have the power in the word. And it's in your hand. But when we look at our old man and we say, just stay right there. I like you, but I could kill you. That means you're still playing on both sides. And the word tells us if we're going to take the upper call, you've got to put both hands to the plow and you have to press forward. Okay, that's not easy because that means you've got to get up and you've got to worship. That means you have to read your word. That means you have to cut off people. That means you have to cut off places. That means you can't, man, Come on. It says in the end times, sin would increase as much as grace. God, look at our little phones that become our little friends that we can't get away from. Come on. How many people worship and pick up their phone? I've done it. Okay. Worship, you better put your phone, shut it off, put it away. Do not look at your phone and start pressing towards the upward call. Because if you do that, he will show you things. But if you start worshiping and singing one song and then look at your phone and then sing another song and, and I go like this because I sit cross-legged on my bed and I'm worshiping, you know what I mean? And I do have to sometimes, I go through phases. I got to shut down my what? Phone. And say for these two hours, I am blocking off. I am sacrificing this to you. And you know, he loves that. He loves it when we do that. And this is where people, when they come into this ministry, that means you're called to the starting line. You were called to drop everything and with the power of the Holy Spirit and the word, he wants to push you forward. 
to a change. And usually when you start off, it feels good. But when you keep going straight, you get tempted to let go of the what? The plow, always one hand. Because our heart is so good, we want to keep pressing on. It's so awesome. Go to verse Matthew 6.33. Because the only way to get into the kingdom of God is you have to seek. Seek first the kingdom of God. There's nothing else before that. There is nothing else. Seek first. When you take the call, just say, all right, I am seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Look at this cup. All these things that fill this cup, all the crowns of authority that you can wear on your head, that he actually wants to give you crowns to experience. He wants you to experience his glory now on earth. But you have to know there's something greater when you go to heaven. Because you actually build up a special treasure up there. Every time you, you die to yourself and you take on his mindset, he has a treasure for you up in heaven waiting for you when you get there. Because it, it's not easy. This is not easy. But in Christ, the greater one is in you than you are in this world. You just have to be in agreement. Now, this is so cool. Agreement is so important because the power of an agreement can never be broken. If it's in the truth of God, it can never be. Do you know what, Carrie, do you know what agreement means? Agreement means a sound. Agreement means symphony. Do you know the Hebrew word for agreement is symphony? Isn't that cool? No, I'm serious. When I get into this, I get into this because I've always said, everybody knows I've said this. Are we in agreement? Yes. Do we understand our, you know, are we under, like <laughs> when I am on something spiritually, I need to know who's in agreement, you know? But when I saw this today, symphony, that's the actual Hebrew word for agreement. That means to sound together. To sound together. That means when we come in agreement, now think about this. I'm not even going to talk about you and me. I'm going to talk about you and God. When you come into agreement to your call, you now are making a sound together with heaven. And when you make that sound, that oneness with heaven, whoa, talk about angels restraining evil. You become so hot in Jesus that nothing can touch you. Every conflict can be around you. Every difficult thing can be happening to you. But if you're in agreement to the call and you're in agreement to holding on to the plow and not letting go, do you know angels will restrain evil? Do you know everything, every supply you need will come to you? Do you know you will have prosperity, every source of supply? You will even, even be able to hear the answers of God when you need them. Now I'd like to ask, is everybody there? Think, you don't have to answer. Are you there? All right, let's go to the next verse. Agreement is a sound together. When we come up and worship God, we are in agreement that we are worshiping the Almighty God. We are sounding together. We are saying hallelujah. We are calling up so that heaven can come down. How many people feel the presence of God when it comes down? Do you know what I mean? Why? We all come together in agreement that we're worshiping the same God. So when we do that, the presence starts to come down. And then we can actually be changed because there is no change unless it's in the presence of God. Do you know how many people try to conform themselves to the word of God, but never be in his presence? Come on. 
We try to become that word. We pick a word out. I'm going to be that word. You could be an adulterer constantly in cycles of affairs, right? And the person's not a bad person. They have a good person. They have a good heart for God, but they know that the word says that that is a sin. So they try to conform themselves and conform themselves, but then they find themselves keep what? Getting temptation. And then they fall into the same cycle. The same thing goes with drugs and alcohol and all these things. We want to get rid of it because we know it's good for God, but we need the help of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to what? Put two hands on the plow. Do not look back because every time you step, oh, Chris said it so good. Every time Chris said, I take one step forward, you know, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You just have to take one step. Okay. I love these testimonies tonight. Tithing. How many people took one step of tithing last week? And then did God come one step closer to you? Yes. And it doesn't have to be with money. It could be something happened to you this week that you drew one step to God and gave instead of robbing him. And he took one step closer of something that you need in your life. Come on. That's awesome. That's that is working towards staying on the path towards kingdom life to receive the promises. See, I loved it. I loved it when uh, Jean delivered flowers for, for the front yard here. And I heard the Lord say to me, you will come in and plant them. I could have hired Chris to, go <laughs> to come and do it. But I heard the Lord say, you will do it. So I come in on Sunday. I get half all the ones done in the ministry. And no kidding, I'm tired. I come in here, I worship. I lay on the floor here. And I was like, okay, I think I'll do the rest later. And I heard, finish what you start. So I went back out, and the moment I got to the last five flowers, Chris shows up with Prissy. Pizza, candy, drink, shovels. And I was like, Chris, he's like, Lee, do you want me to help you dig? Yes, dig the last three holes up for me. I'm sitting there eating the pizza, and he's digging the holes, you know? Okay, do you see it? Carl gave a great testimony. He didn't really want He wanted to mow his lawn, but he took the little mower over the big lawn and he did what started pushing and what shows up a tractor <laughs> come on that that is a sign that you are in kingdom life because the moment you take one step forward he's taking one step forward to you man you start tithing man things get wiped off your your credit report because see god you know what's so awesome when god ran when jesus ransomed his life for us and we decided to come into agreement, symphony with him, we get pardoned. Because Jesus knows we won't go back and make those same mistakes. He wants to pardon our sins. He came and died so that we could be forgiven of our debt, forgiven of our sins, so we could be reconciled back to the Father to enter the kingdom, an enlarged place where he takes care of all of our needs because we're willing to serve him. We're willing to serve his cause. All right, Acts 14.22. This is the hard part. When people start growing in this, they're all excited. They're like, yeah, God, kingdom. Because when you start taking steps and you feel his steps, okay, in the beginning it seemed really quick. But then God says, now it's time to build trust. Now I need you to trust me. That means don't conform yourself to the world's rules. Now I'm going to teach you. I'm going to transform you into trusting me and how I see it and how I do it. So it says he strengthens the souls of the disciples. 
exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many. He didn't say few. He said how much? Many. many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Okay. You're at the starting line. You're holding on to the plow. You are going to take your call. And the Holy Spirit starts pushing you. Sometimes you're like, I don't know where I'm going. How many people have said that? I don't know why I'm doing this. But the Spirit, it's like the Spirit pushes you back. It's like pushing you, and you don't know why, but that's why it's a journey of faith. You're doing it in faith. And as you step, oh my gosh, all of a sudden now, darkness starts to get tight. Hurts from the past. Fears. Unforgivenesses. Your past saying you're not worthy to even enter the kingdom. And you get offended with everybody. You get offended with everybody. I don't care. You hear, you hear a word and the first thing you want to say, uh, let me debate that. Let me think about that. Because the Lord showed me this. Go ahead and give me Romans 11.25. And I taught this in Sonship the, the other day. When it's time for you to enter through many tribulations. The tribulations aren't the conflicts around you. The tribulations are the lies that you have dwelling in your soul. It's not about you can't pay your bills. It's not about your car got repossessed. It's not about um, your husband left you. It's not about those things. It's about the moment you start feeling hurt, fear, unforgiveness, anger, lust, perversion, and you are walking towards the kingdom, the mind starts to rage. Raise your hand if you felt the rage. I say thank you because when we enter in, first it's, I take a step, he takes a step. I take a step, and you are like dancing with it. And then all of a sudden, then you get into a hard spot where you're mad. You disagree. You're like, why am I doing this? Okay? That's what happens. Because now you have to enter in through many tribulations but the tribulations are what's going to start to surface in you. And this is so deep. It says, For I, not do, I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant. See, tonight, if you're sitting in a chair, this is to wake you up. It's not for you to discipline this to anybody else. This is time for you to turn the mirror to you. Amen. He said that you should not be, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. Do you know he doesn't want you ignorant of this mystery? It's a mystery to cross into the kingdom life. It's a mystery. That means you know you're headed towards the kingdom. Things start happening that you can't do. And you're like, how did that happen? How could this be? Because he says that you should be ignorant. Of the, do not be ignorant of this mystery. Lest you should be wise in your own what? Opinion. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Do you know until the fullness when Christ comes back, there's always going to be the battle between your opinion and the kingdom of God. And you're not going to know the kingdom of God if you're not worshiping God. You're not going to know the kingdom of God if you're not reading your Bible every day. Other than that, it's nothing. You have to spend time to enter in that. But then what happens? You want to shut that Bible. You want to stop worshiping because tribulation comes. But the tribulation's in here because it says when the, the word of the cross is offensive to the enemy. So that means the parts in our mind that are dark, that don't know the truth. It's not you're bad. Come on. 
I love it when it says, I do not desire that you should be ignorant. That means he wants us to know the mystery. We're all born into sin. We're all born into an opinion. Hey, some of our opinions have generations on them. That was my mama's opinion and my dad's opinion and my mama's opinion and my mama's opinion and my mom. Why do I believe that? Oh, well, my grandmother used to do that. So I believe that. Come on. But then when the truth comes to us, and I'm going to use tithing. Think about this. How many people have ever grown up to tell people, oh, don't tithe. Don't tithe because the church is going to steal the money. The ministers are going to take it for their own gain. Don't give to that church. You don't like what they're doing. But you know what the, awesome, the sad thing? The person who says that is the person who's robbing God. Because it says when we give, we give with no expectation of return. To enter into the kingdom of God, you can't expect return. Not from your husband, not from your wife, not from your job, not from your existence, from anything that you're, if you are walking to kingdom life, the only person you have to please is God. And everything else starts falling around you in alignment to it. Okay? So the important thing is he doesn't want us ignorant of this mystery. He wants to know if you're going to do this, you have to enter in with many tribulations with many trials. The word says, outside there are conflicts, inside there are fears. Because every lie we believed, every lie we believe, that means every lie we believe that we don't even know is a lie, is backed up by fear. Every fear that we have just is covering the place where we don't know God's word. So if anybody in here has a fear of anything, it could be heights. You could have a fear of not finding a job. You could have a fear. That means anywhere there's a fear, there's a lie. And anywhere there is that fear, you have to seek God. When you know what you fear, open that word. Ask the Lord, and he will show it to you. Why do I have this fear? What is your word telling me? You've got to find that word that says what his truth is, not what your fear is. Because in the kingdom, there is no fear. There is only love, power, and a sound mind. There is no timidity. There is no fear. We are to walk in love, power, and a what? Sound mind. The Lord says you can be angry, but he says do not what? Sin. Sin. So there is a righteous anger we can have, but we're not to act it out. I mean, the fruits of the Spirit are love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, long-suffering. How would I miss that one? That means <laughs> when you start walking this, and the darkness starts creeping in, it says it's a narrow place. And you know why it says very few find it? Because they go back to their old man. How many of us have gone back to the old man? He already knows we're going to make those mistakes. But he says, still keep doing what? Press forward. 1 John 1, 9 tells us that if we ask for forgiveness, he is quick to do what? Forgive us. Because he knows if you are trying and you are working towards the kingdom, he... He wants to give you the fullness that is going to be coming when Jesus returns. There's a fullness of love. There's a fullness of joy. He wants us to experience these things. We start experiencing them in measure. How much we just want it all, right? It's like when Christmas comes, you write your list. I want it all <laughs> on your list. Rachel's really good at that. I want a Michael Kors purse. I want this. I want that. Do you know what I mean? I was like, whoa, I'm going to have to break this down for her. <laughs> <laughs> and then the worst thing is when she makes her Christmas list, I never give it to her on Christmas because she would expect that. I always, <laughs> I always give it to her. I give her one of her special things as a surprise during the year. 
Isn't that awesome? Because I want her to expect things unexpectedly because that's how God works. As we start seeking the kingdom, seeking the kingdom and his righteousness, we get blessed unexpectedly. You can't plan it. It comes unexpectedly. Okay. So now we have to give up our opinions, right? The moment you find yourself accusing someone, the moment you find yourself having an opinion, the moment you start talking and you start noticing, I think I'm having an opinion. <laughs> you need to like freeze frame at that moment and say, well, what would Jesus say? I love those little bands when they did that. What, what does the word say should I be saying? How many times do we just cut people up, right? Spit them out, kick them out of the kingdom. We've kicked people out of the kingdom in our mind, but we're not to do that. It says we're to chase the one who strays. We're to chase the one who's lost. We're to pray for those people and we are to speak them into the kingdom. Because you know what happens? When, these, when the trials, the tribulations, when it starts getting tight, the devil wants to pull you back. We see it in here all the time. We see when somebody's pulled back. And let me tell you, I cry when I see someone pull back. Because I know if it got that intense, they were just about to cross over. See, the crossover, the receiving cannot happen until you get the intense part. Okay, how many people are feeling the intensity? And the intensity, it can be a circumstance around you, but it's really how you're dealing with, with in your head. Your opinion versus Christ's opinion. Okay, this is so awesome. The Lord showed me that, do you know the only way to cross over is to be a servant and a slave, okay? So back in the Old Testament, there is a law. There is the law of a servant. Give me, this is so awesome. I can't believe I, this is so awesome how I fell in this. The law, there is laws of a servant. Well, I'm not going to go into all the laws. I'm just going to bring up one because I think it applies to this vision. Could 21, 5, and 6. It says, but if the servant plainly says, so that means the servant has a choice that he could be released free or he could stay. Now, come on, think about this. If you're a slave and you're working your six years, you can't wait for your what? Seventh year because you're going to be set free. It says, but if the servant plainly says in the seventh year, you can ask, I love my master. I love my wife and my children. I will not go free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost. And his master shall pierce his ear with an awl and he shall serve him forever. Christ draws us to the door. This is the door. The cross is the doorpost. You hit a point at the threshold where now you have to say, do you love your master? Do you love your wife? Do you love your children? And you say, pierce my ear and you can go for it and I will stay. You actually die and give up your life to gain life. If the, the Lord says that he is our shepherd and we are his what? Sheep. Do you know what they do with sheep? Give me a picture of the sheep. This is so awesome because we're going to get into the metaphorical understanding of the piercing of the ear. There is a point in our relationship with Christ that we have to say, I love my master. I want to stay and I want to give my life up because he wants to bring you to that door, to that doorpost, and he wants your ear pierced. I want to show you we are called his sheep. We belong to a fold. I hope that everybody's ear in here is pierced. You guys are so cute. I'm not talking literal piercing, but I mean, I'm having fun with that. I want you to think about this. When we get to that door on that doorpost, 
and we say, God, my life is yours. I will sacrifice my life to you. Do you know what he does at that moment? He pierces your ear inwardly to hear his voice. See, the Old Testament's our tutor. If we feel like we're a slave in Christ and we feel we're trapped, do you know Christ Jesus died to ransom us to freedom? But now we still have to choose him. We have to choose to die. We have to choose to live for him. We have to choose to serve each other. We have to choose to do that. And if we make that choice, we agree. Agreement is a what? A sound. It's a symphony. You guys can't even hear heaven until you agree to die for him and to serve him. This is what we look like. The moment we say, yes, my life is not my own. I want you to picture yourself on the threshold, the door. And Jesus comes and he pierces your ear, but he pierces it so you can hear the voice of the father to reconcile us back. Isn't that awesome? Thank you. Can you show me the tool? You don't have to show me the tool. Go to John 10, 14. It really hit my heart. How many of us can really hear the voice? How many of us have really given our lives where we say our lives are not our own anymore? When we come in here, God, the Holy Spirit brings you in here to invite you into this change. And so many people refuse it. And if you're still, if your two hands are not on the plow and it's not going to press him forward, you're not hearing because you have to fully surrender that choice to him. No, I'm serious. That's not an easy thing. I have to say, it was only about three years ago that I realized I could not get offended anymore. And when I said it, I got tested like you'd never believe. But I really, I can't get offended anymore because, it's, because people only do their opinions. They only do what they've been taught. Most of the stuff we do, it's not because we've done it, because we say, hey, I want to do that. We saw it. We imitated it. We did it. Christ wants us to be imita imitators of him. It says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. When you say, I do, <laughs> when you say, I will, when you say, you, you're telling me you'll set me free? No, nope. I love my master. I love my wife. I love them. That's what the thing looks when it pierces you. Now, I want you to think of that piercing, that when you say yes, you can almost feel an unclogging in your ear. Come on, how many of us have lived both ends and we can't hear? And we want to hear and we say, God, aren't you speaking? And he's saying, what are you doing? Amen. Are you really with me? All right. Do you know what I mean? Because I can't speak. You can't hear. You can't even see until you agree to be with me. You can't. So, oh, baby lamb. They see, that's us. That's, that's me. There's two tags. I got two tags. That's how I see you all. That's how we should all see each other. We should all, when, when we leave today, we all need to be cuddling each other because that's how it's awesome. You know what? And wait till you get, I got, <clears throat> I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. I am the good shepherd. I am known by my, I know my own as the father knows me. Even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and another sheep and another sheep I have, which are not of this fold. So he just doesn't lay his life down just for his own Jewish. He laid him down for the Gentiles and another sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them I also must bring and they will what? hear my voice and there will be one flock and there will be one shepherd therefore my father loves me how many can you really say that you know the father loves you i'm telling you the father loves everybody 
but that doesn't mean everybody's ear is pierced to hear his voice because you have to get into the sheepfold. I believe everybody who walks into the door, in this door belongs to this sheepfold to grow into a kingdom life. Now, let me tell you, if you are not worshiping the father, you're not reading the word and you're not loving everybody as he has loved you and you got to grow into that then you know you're not living kingdom life. If you're not experiencing supernatural where you step into a place and the atmosphere changes because you bring in the love, then you know you're living kingdom life because you've been able to remove away all the lies, all the fears, all the opinions, all the habits out of your life that hold you back from hearing his voice. So today I ask everybody, you don't have to answer me. Is your ears pierced? Are they pierced to hear the voice of God? Or are you still conforming to the world of opinion? That's a deep question. Because remember, he already said we will conform to this world, but we are to be transformed by the living God. A living God speaks to you. You can speak to him. You can go back and forth. And then all that darkness, the moment your ear gets pierced, you actually can hear the instruction. You can hear what word to say. And then you cross over into love, faith. You cross over into kingdom life. And now here's the thing that's so amazing is it just doesn't happen once in your life. Everybody can see this vision right here. It happens. You have to go through it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times where that means we have to enter in like a child and we have to grow in this, not just one time. He couldn't do it all to us at once. We have to live the lifestyle of kingdom life. All right, isn't this awesome? This is good. I want everybody to hear his voice. And that's why we teach people in here, the first thing we teach him to do is worship. Because there's so much darkness in all of us. There isn't darkness. None of us are purely perfect. He says he is perfecting us through the renewing of our mind, through the sacrifice of our body to him. But remember, you, unless you have truly committed to the call and you really commit to being changed and you really come to that doorpost where you know you could run out this door and never come back i'm come on how many people have wanted to run out this door and never come back okay okay some of us haven't gone through too much darkness. <laughs> i'm kidding i mean but i am serious at the same time there are times i have walked okay how about this i'll ask you this question how many people have come in here got the word and then they're out there in their car crying. And you're crying. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you are just so confused. You're not getting it. Amen. You're not getting it. But remember, the first thing God asked us to do, he's going to ask you to spend more time in worship. Consecrate yourself. Sanctify yourself. All right. Praise God. Oh, that's a shepherd carrying the sheep. Jesus. Now, let me read you some notes here. At the door, Jesus confronts our tendency to associate authority with dominating others. That means as we're growing up in this, we want to wear that crown of authority, don't we? Amen. We want to have dominion in Jesus Christ, but that doesn't mean controlling people. Amen. Jesus came and confronted that moment. In our old self, we just want to be what? In control. Amen. But Jesus came and confronted that worldly con conforming to I've got to get to a higher position to I've got to control another person. People do this all the time in jobs and marriages and everything. But when you actually 
recognize Jesus has to take you through that tight and narrow place. It's a narrow door. Very few find it because all they want to do is control their lives. And you can't get onto the other side if you want to control your life. That's why it says the Father's hand is above you at all times. But you have to become in agreement and hold his hand. And he lifts you up. It's a grace. So Jesus came and confronted that. And he, did, he wants us to serve. He taught us that the greatest gift is to serve. Go ahead and give me. Give me Matthew 20, 22. Actually, give me Matthew. Sorry. Yeah, give me 22. Matthew 20, 22. The Lord was telling. Oh, actually, this is good. I had a dream before I woke up this morning that I was teaching tonight. And I had, was holding a piece of paper. And on the piece of paper were verses. Were verses. And I was going and I, and I was trying to get changed. Do you ever have a dream where you're getting changed and you can't put your clothes on? But you're really trying to put your clothes on? Like, I'm really trying to put my clothes on. Like, I can't even explain it. And my pants were, were, were like a shrimpy, that color. Salmon color. Shrimpy salmon color. I had this blue shirt on. And it's like everything, I couldn't button my buttons. I couldn't pin my pins. But I had the word that I had to teach. And everybody was waiting. And on the top of the paper was assurance. Assurance. And I was like, I really was half awake. I was like, what are you trying to show me? He said, I want you to teach tonight that I am their assurance. It's assured thing because he came and he died, was buried, and then was resurrected to the right hand of the father. It's a sure thing that if we follow him, that he's going to what? Pierce our ear. And he's actually going to give us the assurance that he is going to do it. See, most of the time people get caught by the adversary, by the trespasser, or by an opposition because they don't trust that he's really going to do it. So he gave me, and it was crazy. These verses on assurance came. He actually said, it's not about insurance, Monica. It's about assurance. Do you know insurance? Do you know you go to, you go to somebody for insurance, and you got to pay a premium, okay? And that premium's only going to give you a million dollars when you die, right? I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, I could be paying so much a month, so when I die, my daughter gets a million dollars, right? But do you know that insurance, you put a limit? But assurance is knowing. And he already died for the ransom of that knowing. So we don't have to negotiate premiums. Jesus already became our premium. So he said, he kept telling me, it's not about insurance. We do not have to pay. Jesus already came and paid the price. So we could have assurance. That means when we become in agreement with his word, that means a hundred percent, a hundredfold is going to come back on that word. When it goes out, it cannot come back void. And until we really start experiencing this as we grow into the kingdom life. Now, see, I've experienced it. He t- I heard you will be debt free in one, one, one year. I was debt free in one year. It was painful. <laughs> but I was debt free in one year. He told me, I'm going to lift you up into the heavens. I heard the angels sing around the thrones of God. Do you know what I mean? Every time I took one step and got through the darkness, he rewarded me with an experience in heaven. So now I have the assurance that he's going to do it. Now that doesn't mean my life is perfect. It just means I know, I know when he starts pushing me, 
to go through my next change, I'm going to start letting it what? Happen. It gets easier. Because I know full assurance he is going to take care of all my prosperity. He's going to take care of all my need. He's going to take care of everything because all he wants to do is get me to serve more. He wants to get me to bend down to him more so he can take me where he wants me to be, which is to help his people do what? Claim the cup. You know what I mean? That's my assignment is to teach. But everybody's assignment's not the same. Everybody's call is different but it's to help everybody get into the what? The kingdom, all right? So praise God, it says, Jesus answered and said to the disciples, do you not know what you ask? Are you able to drink the cup? Are you able to drink it? Think about it, ask yourself, are you able to drink that cup that I'm about to drink? That means he was, that was before he was gonna what? Die and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They said to him, we are everybody. Able in Christ, we are what? Able. We are able to come up to that doorway. We are able to give up our life so that we can gain a kingdom life. Most people are afraid because they don't know what's on the other side. Amen. You don't know how it's going to feel on the other side, yeah. but I can tell you what's on the other side. Your promise. Give me Psalm 66 10. Your promise is on the other side. He wants you to get through the narrow place. But here, this is what's so this is what's so interesting. The church today does not teach people how to get through this because most of the pastors haven't been through it. They're so afraid if they don't get their tithe. They're so afraid. They haven't dealt with their own fears. Their own, and that's, where, that's why there's very few people that are going to experience this. That's why I would say if anybody makes it in this door, you are chosen to take the call. To go through the change because it's assured. I, the Lord told me to say, it's assured. It is guaranteed. You will be stamped approved if you keep going forward. I have also set you in an assembly where everybody else has been through the pain. And trust me, we feel. We feel. Like when Carrie came along and I watched him start going through, I was feeling for the man. Because I saw how much it was so hard, he'd be pacing in circles. His mind could not conceive some of the things he was learning. It says, for you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as what? Silver is refined. Do you know how hot it takes for the dross to come out of silver? That means we have to go through the consuming fire of love of God. How many people have ever been here and felt burning in their body? Come on. If you felt the burning, then that means God was burning something out. That's why we, can, we can't survive without worship. Because worship burns things out. You don't even know what's being burnt out. Do you know what I mean? It's so important. All right, so praise God. All right, this is good. We have to enter in with a servant's heart. Give me Matthew 18, 18. Isn't that awesome, the law of the servant? I love that. How many people have you just wanted to go off because you know you could be set free? God loves us so much that he wants to give us what we want, but he'd rather us give up our life. It says, assuredly, Okay, it's assured. Assuredly, I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you know, if there is no depression in heaven, are you supposed to have depression on earth? Mm -mm. If there's no poverty in heaven, are you supposed to have poverty on earth? Nope. If there is no anger in heaven, are you supposed to have anger on earth? That means we have dominion on all of that. That means we can wear the crown of authority on all those things. But you've got to find in the word 
And we actually have the power within us of the Holy Spirit that if we bind that depression now and we tell the Lord, we tell him our heart and we bind that, do you know he has to do what? Bind it in heaven. And he has to loose it, loose what the opposite is on earth, which is what? Joy, peace, righteousness. So give me the next verse, 18, 19. Assuredly, I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning what? Anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Here's the beautiful thing. As you grow through this, when you get into kingdom life, you're not going to be asking for things that are not pertaining to God. He has to purify us like silver so we know what to bind, so we know what to ask, so we know how to grow, so we know how to obtain this promise. Give me Psalms 66, 11. I don't think we went to 11 and 12. Okay, this is beautiful. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. The Lord says when you come to that doorpost that he brought us into the net, into that place. You laid affliction on our backs. How many people say the devil did it to me? When you were at that tight spot, how many people said the devil's attacking me? The devil can only attack you if you're in agreement with him. Mm -hmm. okay. So if you say, I'm an angry person, guess what? Then you'll always deal with disappointment. If you're always going to claim the things that are of darkness and you're going to hold on to your fear, well, then fear is allowed to come upon you. Wow. So this is where to enter into kingdom life is to know that he does. You feel the affliction coming towards you, but he has caused the men to ride over your heads we went through a fire and we went through water, but you brought us out into a rich fulfillment. And that's kingdom life. That's experience the goodness that he has for you. The father wants to give you the good things after he stamps you what? Approved. After he stamps you approved. And when you're in agreement with that word and you meditate on that word and you actually become tested by that word, then it's what? It's a symphony to his ears when you call that word out. I know one time I was in a terrible situation and I laid in bed in a fetal position and I cried out, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I read that word, I read that word, I read that word, I said that word. Never had any meaning until the spirit called it out of my spirit. And then something happened and everything, the tables turned in heaven and boom. The situation was was totally gone but it was there is a painstaking time and affliction a painful moment that god is just using to push something out which is his word that's why we have to meditate on the word all right praise god what time is it all right we're going to just finish up with a couple verses i have a couple other things but i think it's important to you to know these few things we become his agents in the kingdom of god and the kingdom life because he wants us to have the kingdom power to pull other people through. That is the importance. That's why we can't have an opinion. We have to know his word. The moment 
we recognize that God deals differently with his own people. All through the word, God deals differently with his people. Even in Habakkuk, they would, the, 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 the prophet would cry out to God, why are you afflicting the people? And he was showing him, this is how I deal with my people. I have to bring him into a place so that they can be brought down to serve. To serve. Come on, how many, we all say we want to be a servant, but do we want to go to the affliction that brings us to a place to serve? It says the only way to enter the kingdom of God is to be like a child. That means you just want to run to that candy. Do you know what I mean? And you want to do everything you can to get to that piece of candy. But yet God is going to make it, hey, to get, come on, how many people had to clean their room and they got, um, what do you get? No, what's it called when you get paid money to do a job at home? Allowance. allowance. How many people would get up and go do it for the allowance? No, I'm serious. Hey, go take out the trash. I'll give you $2. And then one day, go take out the trash. Where's my $2? Okay. No, I really want you to think about this. Christ wants us to enter like a child and do the job without asking for a return because we are assured to know there is a return. Amen. We're already going to be assured to know that there is a return. Give me Philippians Amen. chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 8. Our change has to come through a sacrificial service to him, but that's through obedience of his word. It's going to be through obedience of his word. It said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he did what, everybody? And became what? Obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Okay, God has asked us not to enter into the kingdom any other way. We have to enter into, what are we dying to? I'm gonna ask you, what are you dying to today? Everybody's dying of something and God will reveal to you what it is. Okay. And you might have to give something up, but if you take one step forward, he promises what the assurance that he's going to take one step to you, but hold on the plow and don't what look back, stay focused on the call of God, not on man. Man can't cross you through. It's between you and God. And when you are like the sheep, isn't that awesome about the ear? If you want to be a true servant, you'll lay yourself down at the doorpost. You'll let your ear get what? Pierced so you can hear what to do. You actually got to hear instruction. And then when you do it, when you hear the instruction, right? You can be giving up pills. You can be giving up cigarettes. And when you flush them down the toilet because you're told, that means if you do it, what's going to happen? God's going to come one step forward to you and he's going to give you the strength to overcome it. But you've got to believe that this is his way. Come on. I, I never learned this in church. I didn't learn that I had to go through dark spots and surrender my life to get into kingdom life. I didn't know that. Now, come on. Let's think about this. Jesus showed us the way. Do you know all through Matthew, he gave us keys to the kingdom. He gave us keys. He told us things to do. He says, he says in Matthew I'll tell you, he says in Matthew 5.11, do you know he tells us to rejoice in the affliction? Come on. 
That's like someone punching you, punching you, punching you. And you said, I like it, I like it, I like it. Right? Who walked in and did that today? Amber, right? Blessed are you when, you're, when they rival and they persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for my sake. That means actually when you start going through this, do you know people are going to start talking bad to you? And you're going to be like, what did I just do? Because what's in them, it's, got to, it's speaking to you. Next verse, 12. I love this. Now it tells you what to do. When you are persecuted and people are saying evil things against you, when you're on that doorpost, people are speaking bad to you. Did they not speak bad to Jesus when he was on the cross? It says now do what? Rejoice and be what? Exceedingly glad for great is your what? Reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That means this is not a new way. This is not new age. This is the way. This is the only way. But the cool thing is, is he tells us what to do when people are attacking us, Monica, right? We're to do what? Rejoice and be exceedingly what? Glad. Now I'm telling you, there's a key. You are in the thick of this, okay? And God speaks an instruction to you. There it is. He says, now when you're being attacked, what am I asking you to do? Rejoice. Be exceedingly what? Glad. And you're like, what? Right? But then when you get to that, the moment you stand at that door and you hear that verse and you start what? Rejoicing and being exceedingly glad. Guess what? He opens the door and you enter into what? Your promise. See, everybody has to go through that. This is a really basic chart to show us that we, this is not something that really to me is taught in the church. But yet if we just know we fellowship in this ministry, because we know everybody's going through it. So everybody's accepted. It's an assured process. All right, take me here. So I want you to read through Matthew because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things in Matthew. Here we go. Give me Colossians 1, 26, 27, and then we're going to close up. I want to read this to you. It's the hope of glory. How many people want to experience God's glory? Then you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to go through this. No matter how tight tight the spot is you've got to find the word that god is revealing to you You have to hear his what voice the shepherd wants to take you through that door he wants to take you through that colossians 26 27 says the mystery which has been hidden from the ages do you know this has been hidden you tell me where this has been taught anywhere else this has been hidden for the ages it was already written in the word that it would be hidden for the ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints praise god you are all what saints and who is able he is able we are able with him to them god willed to make known what are the riches of his glory of this mystery among the gentiles which is christ in you the hope of glory is this not beautiful I am telling you, this mystery is being made alive now. Our, I, didn't, I didn't learn this from my parents. I, didn't, I sat in the Episcopal Church my whole life, confirmed First Communion, everything, and have not learned this. Do you know what I mean? Why? Because I didn't know the what? I didn't know the word. Okay, this is awesome. So it's a mystery that's being unveiled now. For us, do you know the, word, the, the Father's prayer says? 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Everybody say it with me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. He gave us the order. First, you got to take in the kingdom. He gives you the power to be transformed. And then what comes? We are in the dispensation of the glory right now. Other generations may have experienced it in measure, but our generation is going to be the one that releases the glory. But he's calling the people, the remnant, to little places like this so they can start, what? Experiencing the mystery. If you, you can't go out and take the glory if you didn't experience it. I love it because God has given everybody, all you new people in here, God has been given tastes, tastes of this glory because he wants to release it. And he went, oh, this is so awesome. Give me uh, Colossians 2. Give me verse 1. He wants us to know something. This is so awesome. This is a sure thing. The kingdom of God, it's a sure thing. The power of the Holy Spirit, it's a what? Sure thing. The glory, if you're willing to go through that and enter the kingdom life, it's a sure thing. It says, for I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Lacedonia. And for as, and now, Laodicea, am I saying it wrong? Laodicea, now that's the church that's lukewarm. We live in a, what? I know. We live, we live in a lukewarm church. That's what that means. Okay. That's, a, that's what that means. Last, help me someone. Yeah. I make up my own words. Okay. And for as many, I like it. And for as many, for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, next verse, that their hearts may be encouraged, be knit together in love, and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Verse 3. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That means if we come together and we knit ourselves together in love, not in putting each other down. We're, nobody's in here to be put down. We're here to what? Yes. Lift each other up. We actually become a servant to one another and we become the remnant that's so tight together that we're going to change that lukewarm church that's out there Amen. that doesn't believe in the glory, that doesn't believe in change because it says they will know us by our love. So we have to have faith in Christ and love for the brethren. When people come in here, they're coming to enter in, but guess what's going to happen? This is all going to happen. And guess what happens to the brethren around you? They love you, but they step back and watch what's going to happen. But they're not judging you in here. Not one person is judged in the fall. How many, raise your hand if you felt not judged in the fall. That you felt love in here. Okay, because love is what draws us to help each other through it. There's nobody who gets through this and doesn't need a human body to tell them that they love them. Amen. And to tell them that they're going to make it. And that this is not the end. And that Christ came to assure this process. Because he wants to reveal the mystery to each and every person. Who wants to know the mystery? Who wants to experience the glory? Okay? I know that everybody in here has been in church and tasted the power. That's nice. We can go to churches and taste the power. But have we experienced the glory of God? And so, 
this, this, this tonight I had wanted to teach because I know that a lot of people are right. I call it the sweet spot. The sweet spot feels like the worst spot, but it's the sweetest spot because he's a be- you are already established. Everybody in here is already established in this. But if you don't go through this and cross over, you will miss your promise. So, and you know what's hard when you're married? How many people are married in here? Okay. It's not just two have to become one. Two and two, four have to become. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am blessed when marriages come in here and they both at least decide to what? Agree to do it together. If they agree to do it together, they're going to, that's awesome. Because they have each other to lean on. But sometimes that's not always easy. Sometimes it's not always easy. But just know, when you come into this assembly, I pointed to you too. You guys, you guys are a great example of what God, of what God has done. Let me tell you, let me get, can I give that brief testimony? These two come in here. He comes in here. He's like, oh, I need to be coming here. Paige is like, no way. She said, you're crazy. She goes, they worship for hours. No way. But then Paige felt the presence of God. And then she's like, let me think about this. Okay. And so now you watch them go through the cycle of having two people have to work towards this. It's not easy because we all have our own lies. Hey, how about you get married? You say I do. And they're like, who did I marry? Right? No, (laughs) that's everybody. I've been married (laughs) once. What did I just marry? Right? But see, that's where God is so awesome. He unveils so you can work a problem out. He wants, everybody's got to learn to work together. You'll never have a good marriage if you don't work it out with, with Jesus Christ. And he wants you to work it out with him. And then you can have a successful marriage, successful relationships, successful jobs. God wants everybody to live a happy, joyful, peaceful life. He said that he came to give us eternal life, but he also came to give us life more abundantly. And so that means those who will live an abundant life will know the hope of his glory of Christ in you. And he will pull you into that promise. And you just have to believe. And you have to go through. He says he is never going to give you anything without what? Sorrow. He's going to test you. And then when you're stamped approved, boom, that blessing comes. You don't even know when you're stamped approved. So that's why we keep what? Pressing forward towards the call of God. You keep pressing forward. So let's just stand up. We're going to honor God. Was this good for everybody? This is just teaching tonight. Because so many people are going through the tight spots. Raise your hand if you're going through the tight spot. Okay, that's okay. That's good. But now you understand. You got advice to rejoice. And what? Be exceedingly what? Glad. All right. So we're going to honor God. We're going to honor God. And we're just going to sing him out a song. The last two songs that we had at the end. The two. um, The one it ends with thank you. And the one before that. I would like everybody to really look at these words. And if you notice the words of the song that we entered in today was good because it reminded us that we have to sacrifice. We have to become a servant. We have to love one another. We have to have faith in Christ Jesus in the growing. So we're going to just sing these two songs. Seal the word that we heard tonight because tonight was a teaching night. All right. Raise your hand if you definitely got something that was going to is going to help you in this time. Okay, good. So we're going to turn out the lights, Richard, if you don't mind. Thank you.